The Immaculate Podcast is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Steelers ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Just a few of the cool features on the GameTime app is two clicks, just two taps, and you can check out and have your tickets. And as you scroll through the different tickets that are available and click on them on the app, you can immediately see the view from those seats and panoramic around and and see the view as a whole as you move your phone from left to right. So just a few of the great features that come with the GameTime app. So head to the App Store or Google Play now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. You're listening to the Immaculate Podcast with Tim McMaster and Ed Bashet. All right, the bye week is behind us. It is episode 18, October 21st, as we record the Immaculate Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Ed Bouchette. And Ed, we're not going to fully look ahead to the next game yet. We're going to look back as the, at the Steelers through six games and hand out kind of the grades. We're going to give a report card, the official Ed Bouchette Steelers report card. So we'll do that on the podcast. But before we get to that stuff, I did want to touch on Sunday's action that the Steelers were not a part of. Because the Ravens did play, and you know we talked about it last week. How even though the Steelers are are two and four, they're just two games out of that division race, and the Ravens had some tough games coming up. One of those tough games was the Ravens going to Seattle to play the Seahawks, and wow, they look good doing it. The Ravens go out there and win thirty to sixteen, and really Lamar Jackson outplaying Russell Wilson—that wasn't good for the Steelers. Ed. No, not at all, Tim. Um, you know, I thought that uh, a lot of people were talking about. The Steelers, if the, if they had lost um, the Ravens and the Steelers won, they'd be within a Monday night. They'd be within a game. Um, instead, they're two and a half behind. I'm sorry, they would have been a game and a half. Anyway, they're two and a half behind. Um, and the Steelers' schedule is not an easy one either. Just because they play them at home, they have to play the Rams, which who seem to have found themselves on Sunday. And they have to play the uh, Colts, who were you know, without their starting quarterback, doing pretty good. Um, so I, I just, I don't see this, I don't see the Steelers now being able to overtake the Ravens, barring, of course, injuries, which can change everything. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see, but they're certainly going to need some help, and they didn't get that help from Seattle. The other game, the other team in action is the Browns were also on a bye week. The Bengals played, and the Bengals, we learned, well, they still stink. They lose 27-17 to the Jaguars, so no surprise there. I guess, if nothing else, there's no chance the Steelers are going to finish in last place in that division this year because the Bengals pretty much have that wrapped up at this point. All right, let's dig into the Steelers team and and look at the um, the grades. We're going to start on the offensive side, then we'll jump onto the defensive side. And, and it's really interesting when you go through this because he could almost hand out some incompletes as we go along, Ed. But let's start at the quarterback position um, where you're basically, I guess you're kind of grading three players here, but if you grade the quarterbacks as a whole, I just want to know what you think of, of how they've gone through the fact that they had Ben Roethlisberger and then they had to go to Mason Rudolph and then they had to go to the Duck and now Mason Rudolph's going to be coming back. I'm putting you in a tough spot, but give me some kind of grade for all those guys. 
I'm going to give him a B, uh, Tim, and I'll tell you why. Um, first of all, uh, you know, while Hodges' numbers didn't look great last uh, his last game, his only game maybe, um, he won, you know, and he did what they wanted. And, um, you know, for, for a guy in his, uh, where he came from, that, that was pretty good. And I, 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 Mason Rudolph, to me, has played reasonably well. Um, so, uh, you know, he has seven touchdowns, two interceptions, one shouldn't be. I uh, went through Moncrief's hands, and if that didn't happen, not only would he be uh, seven touchdowns and one interception, they would have won that game So um, against Seattle. So I think that um, uh, I'm giving him a, a B, and uh, the overall is a B. Um, and I, I think Mason Rudolph has, has done well. Yeah, you, you can only uh, grade guys on what they've done, and Rudolph did well. Duck wins the one game that he gets in there to play um, on the road against the Chargers. So um, while he didn't do a lot in that game, you got to give him a pretty good grade, I think, if you were just doing that game. So I like, I like the B for the quarterbacks. All right, sticking in the backfield, moving on to the running backs, and we've talked about the fact that there's been times this season where the Steelers haven't really committed to the run. They did against the Chargers last time out, and the running game was effective. So what do you think uh, grading the running backs? This is a tough one uh, for me, Tim, because uh, you know I, I, they haven't committed to the run, so their numbers are way down. Uh, and a lot of the runs that they have had are – count as receptions because of the the way they gave them the ball a little flip forward uh in the backfield so i'm gonna give them a, a c minus i guess I, I wanted to give them a d because really the you just look at the run game production it's not very good but they've been involved in a passing game james connor actually uh leads them with 26 receptions one more than juju um and he has a couple touchdowns on receiving too so I'll give him a C. So Connor, and then and then you've had Samuels too. I guess the fact that they've actually had two good contributors maybe um, is a good sign for that. If they if they commit to this running back um, group for the next ten games, Ed, do you think it's a pretty safe to say that grade would come up if the team actually commits to the run? I don't know that anything's safe right now, Tim, <laughs> um, because what they're going to have to do to take the pressure off the run is to to throw the ball a little more downfield, you know, back those guys on defense off a little more. Um, you know, Benny Snell has looked good. I thought in the last game he's he's actually averaging 4.6 a carry, hasn't had a whole lot, only 23 carries. Um, so there's there's possibilities there. Um, you know, Connor's also scored five touchdowns total, three rushing and two receiving. Um, so we have to take that into account. Uh, I just... Uh, it it you'd like to give them an incomplete grade at this point, but um, uh, because of everything that's been happening, really at the quarterback position. Yeah, and that's kind of a grade that you can carry throughout a lot of this offense. Because now we move on to receivers, and I mean they didn't get much of an opportunity when Duck was in there. He threw mostly to the running backs. Uh, Rudolph's first start that was kind of the case as well, where there was a lot of those flip plays to running backs and not a lot of throws downfield. So it's a season where you were hoping Juju would kind of step up as that number one receiver. You're hoping Moncrief could come in and, and give you something. Instead, there hasn't been that many opportunities. So how do you grade the receivers? Uh, C minus. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure it's all their fault. Again, they haven't been uh, looking downfield very much. 
Um, they've had uh, injuries, you know, uh, um, uh, Samuels is, or James Washington had the shoulder injury, but he wasn't real productive before that either. I think uh, Deontay Johnson has looked probably the best of the bunch. Uh, Juju has gone in spurts, but not, not uh, you know, not a dominant receiver like he was last season or even as a rookie. Um, so... Uh, it it it's still <laughs> I hate to say this, but the offense is all like this because of the quarterbacks. Yep. a work in progress. You know, uh, Vance McDonald. I thought he'd be more involved. Uh, he was hurt for a little bit. Um, so I, I just uh, I, I think what I say C minus. Yeah, you could go C minus C somewhere around there. Yeah, that seems fair. And Johnson would probably get a little better grade right as a rookie if you were just grading him. Um, the one thing I will say, and, and I want your take on this, there's it's a receiving core that hasn't necessarily had a lot of balls thrown their way, but we've heard nothing from them. There's been no complaining, no griping. If nothing, if if anything, Juju has come out and gone the other way and, and said, I just want to win and let's make sure we're doing the right plays that help us win. These guys have blocked downfield a little bit in that Chargers game effectively. We saw that. So at least while we'll give them a C minus for the performance on the field or, or the production that they've been able to put together. Um, it's been nice to see a quiet receiving core without any drama, right? I guess, unless you're in just for the wins, <laughs> you know, um, Dante Moncrief was a big disappointment. Then he got yeah. buried. He did catch one pass last week. He's got four. He was supposed to be the starter with Juju. Uh, Ryan Switzer has not been, Real effective, again, is at the quarterback. We know with Moncrief it was him. It was the drops. Um, and, uh, you know, Xavier Grimble's gone. Uh, he was the number two tight end. Boom, he's gone. Um, so it's been, you know, they've had a turnover. Their um, outlook, uh, and uh, as Deontay Johnson comes in, he's more like the number two guy right now. We'll see what happens to James Washington. Um, you know, and, and what happens with Moncrief, see if they can, you know, save him, uh, save his, uh, himself, uh, and, uh, for their, uh, you know, for, for both this year and next year. Yeah. Moncrief did have the one nice catch against the chargers. Hopefully that's a kind of a glimmer of hope as we go forward here. All right, moving on to the offensive line now, which might be the one group we can give a fair grade despite the quarterback. Um, what do you think of, of overall how they've done on that O-line? Both, I guess you can you could almost give them two grades, a passing protection grade and a run protection grade, but just grade them overall. Yeah, I, I would give them an A on pass protection and, and uh, a C on a run. Um, you know, I know a lot of people have criticized their run production. I, I don't know that, uh, you know, with, with defenses coming up to stop the run that uh, they could have done much more than what they did. Plus, again, the um, the commitment to the run has not been there. And if you're just trying to do it sporadically, it's it's just not going to work. Um, so uh, I, I think you have to take that part into it too. I think they have the fewest sacks in the league with five. Um, Hodges wasn't sacked. He wasn't even touched last game. Um, and Rudolph, Rudolph three times and Ben twice have been sacked. So that's that's a that's a good stat right there, and um, you know it is a good line. Um, so I, I I think that's the least of their worries right now. Yeah, and they did better on the run block last time out. Um, but with I, young quarterbacks, 
<laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Let's give them a B. Okay, fair enough. Overall, um, yeah. with the uh, with the young quarterbacks, though, it, it is it was important. I think that those guys um, had time to throw and weren't pressured, and it, it allowed them to kind of get comfortable back there in their first career starts for both of them. So certainly, uh, good stuff from the from the offensive line on that point. I think a B is a fair grade. All right, and then we got overall offensive grade. So you take all that into account and what this team's done offensively. What would you give them? You know, um, I don't think they've done well on offense at all. I'd give right. it, it, even though I graded probably more favorably on each individual. I think the offense as a whole is a D on production. They really haven't uh, picked up the ball, if you will. Um, and you know, they, they did lose their starting quarterback. I know that, but um, you know, we're not curving on a grade here, Tim. It's a D. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, they, they haven't produced, and there's a lot of reasons for it, and you, you go through the individual grades, and different guys have been good and bad, but overall the, the points haven't been there, and, and I think a D certainly fair. All right, let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, let's start on the the D line and the, the ability to what they've done, stopping the run, getting some pressure on the quarterback. How do you grade the defensive line? I'd give them a B-plus, Tim, after a slow start. They really came on, and now they've lost Stefan to it. But, um, you know, they, they have some good depth there. Um, I like how uh, they have played recently, and I would give them uh, a B-plus. B-plus. All right, so B-plus for the defensive line. Now, these grades are going to – I think it's safe to say on the defensive side, across the board, these are going to be better grades than we saw on offense. So we'll go from the defensive line with the B-plus. Let's go back to the linebackers. Um, you know, it's been an interesting mix. You have some youth there, and, and they've played well overall, and it seems like they've gotten better too with each passing week. So what do you do for the linebackers? They have gotten better. I would give them an A for recent uh, performances, but um – you know, early on they did they did not do a good job. You know, you had some uh, obviously a young guy in Devin Bush. Um, I think it took Mark Barron a little time. Uh, their communications weren't going very well. Uh, they had um, Vince Williams hurt. You know, the, the the green dot helmet that signals in takes the signals from the coaches and passes them along was passed along like <laughs> Halloween candy uh, for some games. Uh, I'm going to give them a B. I think they're playing A right now, but I'm going to give them overall a B, Tim, uh, just because of uh, some of the stutter steps early on. Yeah, that makes sense. It took Bush a little bit to get comfortable, but, man, has he certainly hit his stride. T.J. Watt has been one of the best in the NFL. He certainly gets an A, I think. So B overall, but uh, it's kind of a B with an, with an upswing as we head out of the bye week and, and into game seven. With a bullet, the as they team. say. With a bullet, with a yes. Bullet. <laughs> be with a bullet um, alright secondary now and this is different too because you have the addition of Fitzpatrick along the way So and, and they've, they've been better as well lately so how do you grade the secondary I'd give them I'm going to give them a B Tim uh, uh, they have improved Your Minka helped them a lot um, uh, they've settled in Really, I think the communications is, is better. Um, that one of the problems for them was Steven Nelson got hurt, uh, but you know Artie Burns got a game ball for 
filling in for him. I think Cam Sutton's really stepped up his game. Joe Hayden is always good, it seems. So um, I'm, I'm giving them a B. All right, so so far on the defense, the D-line B-plus, linebackers B with a bullet, and the secondary gets a B. Um, overall defensive grade for, for those groupings together. Uh, I'm going to give them all a B, uh, Tim. Uh, we can't forget that they're 2-4. and four. We can't forget what happened in New England in the opener. Um, since then, they've been much, much better. We can't forget that they gave up a, a winning drive um, against Baltimore. Uh, so I, I'm going to give them a B overall. That's fair. And before we move to the special teams, it is an interesting point because we give out these grades and, and there's been some good ones along the way here. A lot of B's, B pluses, um, a few bad ones in the offense. But the grades to me, when you look at these grades, and I've agreed with the grades you've given out, given out don't seem to fit a two and four team. And it, it just makes you scratch your head and, and feel like this team shouldn't be two and four. Is that fair to say? Or just because the way they've lost these games and uh, some tough circumstances and some points, they've lost them. They're two and four, and there's no excuse for that in the NFL. But it just feels like the talent level and how this team has played at times, they should be better than two and four. Yeah, Tim, you know, other than the New England game, all, the other three losses were all close, could have gone either way. And I, I, I just need to say, when I said uh, the defense gave up the winning drive against Baltimore, what I meant was they gave up the tying drive yeah. because the, the winning drive really was Juju's fumble. That was the, the overtime one. But they, they allowed them to come down and tie it with that field goal. Anyway, um, I think that, uh, you know, the grades don't reflect uh, a two and four team, but they, <laughs> you know, you hate to say it, they could easily be five and two. Um, and uh, it's all been that close. So. Um, and I didn't give the offense as good a grade as you know. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, two and four could be easily much better than that. All right, special teams now. Uh, Boswell is back. He's been really good. Uh, Jordan Berry has certainly had some moments. You gave him a game ball um, for the last win for, for his punting duty. So what would you do overall for the special teams unit? Well, they haven't – the one thing they haven't done is a return. They haven't had yeah. a return game. Um, so I'm giving them a B. If they had a return game, it would be a little higher because Boswell's been perfect. He would get an A. Uh, Jordan Berry, I would give a B or B plus, maybe a B plus for his performance. It's really come on um, a lot better uh, this year so far. And, um, uh, you know, the coverage units have been good. It's just that return game has not been there. They haven't had one in a while. Uh, kickoff returns are near impossible anyway, but um, you know the, the the faith in in uh, their return game was shown when Mike Tomlin chose not chose to kick off in overtime rather than receive against Baltimore. Um, so I, let's give them all a B. Yeah, it evens out to a B. That's fair, and yeah, he he kicked off. It worked out to be well. You know, they should have, game, but it seemed like it should have been the right, <laughs> right. move for, for Tomlin. Right, right, and that right. brings us, yeah, that brings us to the coaching staff. Um, we've graded the players. You got to grade the coaching staff as well. And I don't know if you want to break it down to offense and defense coaching or just the overall staff as a whole, but um, what do you think of Tomlin and company so far this season? I mean, they've dealt with a lot, um, but the team's two and four. The team is two and four, but I don't think the coaching is the problem. 
Tim, I, I, I would give them a B. I mean, when you lose your starting quarterback, not just a starter, uh, it's Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. And you have to go with, a, with two players who, before this season, had never taken a snap in a real NFL game. One, an undrafted rookie who won, uh, and the other one who was third team last year and didn't dress for a game. Uh, and he won a game, and now he's your starting quarterback. Um, and they started one and four. He hasn't lost them. Uh, I, I don't think Mike Tallman's ever lost a team. Uh, I, I'm going to give him a B. Some may see that as a little generous. But, uh, you know, with the injuries and everything else, he's lost a receiver. He's lost a running back. And now he's lost a starting defensive end. Of course, that hasn't had its effect yet. Um, lost a corner, his starting cornerback for a couple games there. Um, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, as I said, they could be 5-2, and two, but as Bill Parcells famously said, you are what your record says you are. So, nevertheless, I'll give him a B. Yeah, and you know, when they went to out to L.A. and they beat the Chargers, that seemed to me to be a great game plan, and they pressed all the right buttons in that one. And that was kind of an A coaching performance, I think. But along the way, there's been the, the other way, too, where, where maybe – you scratched your head a little bit at how they handled things. So I think B is fair. They've been good, and, and Tomlin is, is always solid. So B for the coaching staff. So as we go back through these, Ed, um, the offense gets gets hit pretty good. Quarterbacks get a B. Running backs, C. Receivers, C-. minus. Uh, the O-line, you gave an A to. Uh, but, oh, no, B, because it was an A on the pass side, C on the, the run side. So a D for the offense. The B, the, the defense has been better. B-plus for the D-line. B for the linebackers, but A recently, so they get a bullet. Uh, secondary gets a B. The overall defense, B. Special teams, B. Coaching staff, B. So across the board, a lot of Bs. Teams should probably be better than two and four, but they're not. Um, so that's the Ed Bouchette through six games report card as we get ready for uh, for week number eight as the Steelers get back on the field. Um, you know, overall, you know, this is kind of like the midterm report card. Do you feel like when we get through 16 games, these grades are going to be better, about the same, or worse? I think the defense, like I said, is coming on. I think they'll be better, Tim. Um, I'm not so sure on the offense. I, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. They have, um, you know, they lost Antonio Brown. They lost their starting quarterback. Um they have uh, they have some receivers who really haven't come through, and some who are developing, like Deontay Johnson. So uh, I'm not I, I don't know what to expect. They could go either way, or they could keep muddling along like they are right now. Muddling is a good way to put it. So we will see. They're back to work. They should be uh, fresh and ready to go. Um, but there's your report card for the Pittsburgh Steelers through six games. Uh, one more thing I wanted to touch on, Ed, with you on this edition of the podcast was um, you did do a story. It came out just today as we record this on Monday morning. John Esposito, the head of Warner Music in Nashville, who's a huge Steelers fan, and I guess you've gotten to know him a little bit. Um, but just a cool story about a guy who has made made his way in Nashville in the music world, and he's big down there, um, but has never forgotten his roots in western Pennsylvania and his beloved Steelers, which... The thing that stood out to me is no matter how many rock or, or country superstars he meets and has relationships with, he's still intimidated to meet a Pittsburgh Steeler. 
Yeah, he uh, he uh, he and Bill Cower have become real good friends, even though yeah. they've only known each other the last four or five years. They vacation in Napa together, and there's a big country rising young country star. She was on The Voice or one of those other shows. I can't remember which. Uh, by the way, one of his stars is Blake Shelton, um, who autographed. He had him autograph a guitar and send it to Jerome Bettis when Jerome made the Hall of Fame. Um, but he uh, he asked Bill. You know, they, everybody was recruiting Gabby Barrett from from Pittsburgh, uh, rising young, eighteen year old. She's now nineteen, uh, country music singer. And um, he asked Bill Cowher for a favor. He said, "Could you call her dad? He's a big Steelers fan." And that kind of sealed the deal. Um, it wasn't just that, but the, uh, Bill said all the right things that if he had his daughter in her position. He would want John Esposito to, to rep her. So, um, yeah, he's the head of country music in Nashville, or Warner Warner Music Nashville. Uh, he's been uh, past president and CEO of the Country Music Association. Uh, he's from, he was born in Punxsutawney and grew up in Indiana, PA, and co- goes to a couple, three Steelers games a year and um is uh, Indiana University of Pennsylvania journalism graduate, believe it or not. That's that's hmm. our connection. Um, and uh, just a good story. I had fun writing it. Yeah, it was really good. So definitely check that one out on The Athletic. Um, get that subscription going because if you subscribe to The Athletic, you'll get to hear all of these episodes of the Immaculate Podcast too. This is our Monday episode, which of course is free on Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But we have another episode every week previewing the game, uh, that one with Mark Caboli. And that one you can only get if you're a subscriber of The Athletic. Then you can read great stories like the story Ed has out today on John Esposito. It is a good one. There's some great pictures in that article too of of uh, Esposito and you kind of get a feel for his fandom as far as the Steelers go. All right, well, the Steelers are two and four, but the Penguins are six and three. They stand atop the Metropolitan Division in the penultimate podcast with Sean Gentili, Rob Rossi, and Josh Yoey have you covered with all the latest news and notes throughout the season. So be sure to check out the penultimate podcast every Monday and Wednesday right here on The Athletic. Follow Ed on Twitter as well, at Ed Bouchette. Uh, We want to thank our producer, Marissa Morris, as well. That'll do it for this edition of the Immaculate Podcast. Podcast.